Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, oh, she goes. Oh, she goes. <laughs> Are you drinking? Well, no, <laughs> but kind of. No, not not to the point where that's. I'm just trying to be chipper. Oh yeah, from your day. Yeah, I've just had a weird day, so I'm just trying to break that mood, right? I did have. Yeah, did. So on the weekend, I did have. Um, I'd opened a can of cider, like alcoholic Ooh. cider, but what I opened kind? it on the weekend, and I was drinking it and sipping it with my supper, and then at yeah. some point it kind of got cool, so I put it back in the fridge to crispen it up again, make it cold, right? Yeah. And I just never finished drinking it. So when I got home today, I'm like, oh, there's like a quarter left of a cider. So, I mean, I've had like maybe five sips of a cider. Oh, big deal. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> enough to make me all googly. No. Um, like did it. you find your tables? I did. I did. Fantastic. I don't know um, if I got, I, honestly, I went for the cheaper version. So I bought smaller ones. I bought five foot ones instead of six foot ones. Because the oh, price point make was so different. Because the yeah. ones I originally wanted were at least ten to fifteen dollars cheaper than what I found, so um, still more than I wanted to spend on it. But oh well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. Fantastic. And then I made a really different type of supper for myself, which was really good. And now I'm just eating Tic Tacs, drinking water, and watching the TikToks, waiting to chill out and chat with you wonderful i i'm drinking my iced tea and i i had to finish that last 15 minutes of bad vegan and um i kept going back and then i was like no i, I don't understand what's going on so i shot it to like 20 minutes and i was like no i still don't understand so i went to 25 minutes and i watched the last 25 minutes which is crazy considering that that's pretty much half the show so I did I only had like two pages of notes and now at least I have like uh well five and it's good that you rewatched the last 25 because the last 25 I fast forwarded some about the last 10 15 I did watch but there yeah. are certain parts where I'm like eh, I'm not into it okay but, but so so the, the the listeners I mean if they're here and they know us they should know us but I'm Shauna in Winnipeg I'm Angie and I'm in Calgary. I'm in my main floor of my house because uh, my husband's going to bed. He's not feeling well. He's got a cold. Um, oh, I keep saying, I think you've got COVID. And I kind of hope he does. I'm going to have a beer. You think he does? Yeah, I, just, have COVID? I don't know. I don't know. He's Nowadays, like, they all feel the same. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, um would be nice to know if he has it or not you know then the two of us both have it because you know I had it over a month ago uh it it kind of put a damper on our anniversary because I got it on our I tested positive on our anniversary so we're we're planning on going for steak tomorrow at the place that we normally go to which do you remember um the cattle baron yeah Uh, well, I remember the very first time they placed an order at the beer place that we worked at. Yeah. 
I remember the guy's name. I remember everything because it was a huge order and whatever. And I said, oh, that's close to me. I'm going to have to go. And so it's where Monty and I have been going for since they opened. Like, that's what, 18 years. And I remember the one of the last orders I took from him. He said, do you, you know, I'm like, hey, Joe, how's it going? And we were talking away and he goes, hey, Andrew. I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, we talked about all this other stuff. And he goes, have you ever actually been here? I'm like, um, I come there at least once a month. He goes, no, you don't. I'm like, yep. I go, are you walking around? He goes, no. I go, walk to the front, look up. You see the saddle? It needs to be wiped down. It's pretty dusty. I was there on Friday. He goes, <laughs> he goes, hold on. Comes back. He goes, oh my goodness, you're right. <laughs> I go, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there many times. So. That's funny. Yeah, I bet you he go. had that uh, saddle dusted real quick too. Oh, he he <laughs> was like it. It became a joke, right? So, oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I oh. remember that place. It was good. Oh my goodness, I love going. It's a there. Calgary have... staple, isn't it? Like it's just. It is. It is. That's long-standing. It's, it's been many years. I usually see Gloria there. What about Suzanne? Oh, yeah, it... Well, we've gone there a few times, and then we haven't been down in that area forever. And the one time I was driving, and I actually made a point of, like, looking for them, and I couldn't see them, but I thought, maybe I'm on the wrong block. Maybe I'm past them already. I don't know, but, oh, my goodness, that place was wonderful. I loved it. Nice. I loved it. Yeah, so... That's oh, cool. excuse me. I just drank the beer. Oh, the bubbles. Blast from the past, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was busy last week. We had a few shows to do. And, you know, we had um, Friday was a horrible day. It was cold, rainy, and scary windy. And we still went and did a market. And Linda was like, I can't do this. Oh, because of the weather? Oh, hello? Did we just get cut off? Got a spam caller and it just knocked me right out of the That's the so call. weird. That happened to yeah. me at work today. I was talking to a customer. Not just a, like... So I work in trucking, but I don't know. Yeah. If I haven't said much about my work. I don't think maybe I have. I don't know. Uh, without saying names, I, I work in trucking. So I talk to a lot of people. I talk to dispatchers. I talk to drivers. I talk to safety people. I talk to a lot of people. Anyways, it was a customer. And we were talking about an event that occurred on the weekend for some follow-up. And we're mid-conversation. And she just puts me on hold. Like it, or not that she put me on hold, but I got kicked into hold like hold music I'm like weird I'm like okay maybe she just hit the wrong button and she'll be right back so I sat there for 30 seconds a minute I'm like odd I'm like well maybe she lost power and maybe their phone system just automatically kicks you into a network on hold mm -hmm. who knows yep. right no I hang up she calls me back she's like I'm so sorry there was a caller coming in she's like I thought I was declining it and I accidentally got it, and it put you on hold. 
but I think she said it was spam as well. I didn't even get a chance to accept or whatever. It went right into the call. Weird. Yeah. Anyways. You hear me burping? It's the beer. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <Funny. laughs> um, so anyway, so it, um, I had this internal hot flash, so I was fine. So, but and... you were saying Linda didn't like the weather or she wasn't like, what oh, was it? Oh, it was so cold. Oh. There was not too many happy people. We hardly had any customers. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's pack up like a half hour early because this is bullshit. Honestly, it is. There's yeah. no one here, whatever. And Linda was shaking. Like, go sit in your vehicle. And warm up. Uh, and get out of the wind and you'll be fine to help so me pack outdoor things market? up. Yeah, it is. Both of them were outdoor. Oh, shit. So, the following day, we were in Marta Loop and it was beautiful. Did it just happen again? I think it just happened again. Happened when did again? I become so... When did I become so popular? I don't know. Honestly. But it's so um, weird that it's like disconnecting you. And yeah. So anyways, this Saturday uh, was hot. It was awesome. I was wearing jean capris and I wish I was wearing like shorts. Um, I was wearing a short sleeve shirt, thank goodness, because holy. So it was polar opposites. Um, and it was super, super busy. But you know, our sales were still really low. Like ridiculously low 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 we only made about 25 percent of what we've done in the past at marta loop really really so i see like i'm watching the decline of sales and it's like mm, what do you do what do you do right how come it's so. just or is it just that time of year where people are just like oh it's not summer yet like it doesn't feel like summer yet oh no it felt like summer and everything but it was just uh just you know I don't know like all the vendors around me that were selling items not food or alcohol related did no sales like they're they were like we didn't make our table money we didn't do this we didn't do that and it's like oh my goodness oh so is it just like a weird like it was more food driven market it seemed that way, which is so weird because it it wasn't advertised as food other than there was food trucks, right? right? That's a big thing. But it was advertised as an artisan show. Which means goods and people services. that Exactly. People that make their product. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The, all the kids came to visit me, like oh, the nice. boys and the girls and the grandbabies. It was awesome to see them all. They were all adorable. And well, it makes for a nice day to have visitors, right? Yeah, exactly. So we got to visit with them and came home, had dinner. And then the next day we finally planted my garden. I finally put my potatoes in. Um, I've lost all the seeds. I normally have my little seedlings done in March. Uh, and then ready to plant in May. So, you know, I give myself six weeks and I didn't do anything. 
I did nothing. You just so I'm went doing straight into garden? Right into the thing, but I can't find the pack of seeds I bought. Like I bought 20 seeds of everything, herbs and veggies and everything and some flowers. And yeah. I can't, all I found was six of the 20. I have you no idea. 20 packs of seeds and you only found six? Yeah, and it's like, I always see them on the counter. Did well, someone borrow um, them and build their own garden? <laughs> could be, you know, like that, that could be. But I was like, well, that's weird. You know, like I left them on the counter because to me, they were a priority. And they're, they're gone. They're gone. I don't know. So anyways, tomorrow or maybe even later tonight, I'll zip over to Walmart and see what else they have. I do need to Did you to store buy... them somewhere fancy and special and now you just can't remember no, where that storage is? No, no. I, I kind of throw them. This sounds really weird, but I throw them in my fruit uh, bowl. And yeah, it's intermingled with the bananas and the apples, but I know where they are. It's a big bowl. And I just throw the the seeds in there thinking okay yeah you know whatever but gone they're gone are, are the seeds sick. in um their packages still or just yes empty, plain seeds no they're in their packages so i found carrots uh beans and cucumbers and then i found uh some just plain old uh mixed flowers and uh a pack of sunflower seeds so I planted them all and I'm like, okay, well, I'll go. And, oh, and I did my potatoes and I did buy some seedlings. So I have 10 bags of potatoes. Nice. I plant my potatoes in bags. Do you, um, how long do the potatoes last for you or do you just dig them up in sections? Like, um, I check and when it's like usually at the end of August, beginning of August I'll start looking but now I'm not looking until September because that was pretty bad of me not to like yeah. I'm a month behind do I'm you a month harvest behind them at everything. once though and then just store them because how fast do they go bad or do you have a cold room or what do you do well I use my my pantry and I have a potato bucket it's got the little holes in it and the whole bit right but um normally what I do is I only if there, I know there's not going to be a cold snap, I will eat, um, I'll take like one bag at a time and that's usually two meals. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I need to go and get um, peas because, oh my goodness, I love peas and I love my herbs. Like I, I need my cilantro and my, my uh, rosemary and thyme and chives. And those, once you, once you harvest those, you can package them and dry them and crinkle them into like fresh herbs, right? Like Yeah, I throw them all in the freezer in their own little baggies. And then I put them in uh, a freezer bag and um, suck the air out and everything else. And then so, yeah. That's yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, I got uh, So I watched Bad Vegan again. Yeah, me too. Like I said, so we're on our last episode. Woo! Thank I am you. so glad. I, I, I am so glad why. this is over. I, I'm so this glad was hard. too. This was challenging. Yeah. And can, um, I, can I do something a little unique here? Yeah. Or m maybe not unique in general, but unique to us. 
Mm-hmm. The, at, near the end of this episode, which was the end of the whole documentary, they were re-interviewing, like it was tail end of the interviews with all of these staff members. Because I think what they did is they probably interviewed each staff member and just asked them a whole bunch of questions and cut and edited what they wanted in each episode. And one yeah. of the guys outright said, no, I, I, I have to believe that she knew a little bit of what she was doing. So with that being said, I don't want to expand on that yet, but I wanted to kind of put that out there because this whole time we've been very frustrated with the whole scenario. The whole thing is like, did she, didn't she, could she have, could she not have, was it a cult, was she great? There's so many variables. So we'll finish this up and then we'll cut, I don't know, maybe circle back and end with more conversation around that. Sure, sure. So Bad Vegan episode four starts with uh, them driving. Spring 2015. Yep. So. And her knowing that she doesn't want to be identified. Like, so still at this point, she doesn't ever really admit that she knew what was happening. But there's moments in awareness about her or with her that come through. She's like, well, I'm not a fugitive, but I just knew I didn't want to be identified. I wouldn't run from the cops, but I had a different name because I couldn't be called Sarma. Like, she actually said that. She's like, well, I just knew my name couldn't be Sarma. And I had no issues. I didn't want want to have my tattoo brought up all the time. I didn't want to remember. So I was okay with covering it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was Emma Donovan there for a while. Um, for a while, so, like a year and a half? No. Yeah. Well, no. definitely more Ten months. Ten months. Yeah, I was going to say almost a year, not quite. Yeah. So she is washing the windows. And to me, my first thought was uh, they're at a car wash or a car filling up Gas the, ca- or the or car. Something. Yeah. And he's sitting in the car and she's washing the windows. And my first thought was, does he do any manual labor? Like anything, because whatever. I'm not a fan of his, but uh, they end up in Vegas. Now you had said last time that they were in the uh, Europe. I don't believe they ever went to Europe. She went to Rome, but he's never been. I don't think he's ever been on a plane, because I think he would have been caught because he does have an award an arrest warrant for him oh that's true that's a good point yeah so because even within america he wouldn't go on planes no no so they're driving all over and and such so uh she implies that while they were in vegas because of course they would end up in vegas that she go that he goes to these machines and he is able to magically have win. And high, she high profile machines, like the high slot machines. And like and yeah, she said when they were driving it. around, they would just she's like, We would miraculously end up from city to city, from casino to casino. She's like, So go figure we would be, like you said, in Vegas. And yeah, he would go to these high rolling machines and manage. She said he just had a way with them that he could get them to win. But did you see the tone of vo- like the way she was talking? It was I don't know. It was like, oh, look at what he can do. And I'm like, oh please, 
Um, she did complain though that while there in Vegas, there was no place for her to eat. There is no um, bookstores, no newsstands, bookstores. It was unpleasant. Uh, no vegan places for her to eat. No, and the way the at the end, Kramer, we're not we're not going outside. No, the neighbors are not. Sorry about that. Um, so she's complaining about there's no place to eat. There's no places for her to go and get away. And she tries to, he tries to teach her how to play poker, thinking that, oh my goodness, you're going to be really good at this. And she was like, no, she hated to lose the money. And honestly, I've been to Vegas a good dozen times. And I can say I've probably spent about $20 the whole time on the machines because I'm not a gambler. I don't like, I gamble enough with driving down the highway. I gamble enough in other ways. I don't want to part with my money. I work hard for my money and I'm not going to part with it that way. And so is she, like she said, she hated losing her money. Yeah, she hated and, losing. She didn't yeah. say losing money. She hated losing. Yeah. I yeah. took that away from that, too. Yeah. Um, and she did talk about, like, Vegas, that she was mostly in the room on her own. She would have these little episodes. And did you find it weird, like, throughout this particular episode in this documentary, that they had a lot of footage of her and him talking from his point of view? Yeah. Where was that taken? Like, was this was stuff getting... that was on her phone that she had access to? Because it was her phone and her account that he was using? Well, he had all her account and everything. Her passwords and everything. But he was videotaping her as she was freaking out. And, and trying like, to get liter- her to go out of the room and stuff. Like, oh, babe, you have to come. We need to go. And you have to go to the bank. Or you have to do this. But she also yeah. alluded to that if she was having her freakout moments, he knew he needed to do something to appease her because that would bring attention and he didn't want the attention. Yet she also, it made it also sound like when he would just bring her like a coffee and oatmeal, she, he thought it was, or he would make it out like some grand thing or she thought it was so sweet because he was taking care of her. But yet... She, she was like in reality it was just breakfast like yes we all love it when someone does sweet and thoughtful for you but when you're there for months months and somebody brings you a coffee and an oatmeal because you're you know starving or holed up in a hotel room because you're a gambler that's not special or sweet that's just a basic need yeah so it, um... like it was really weird and she said, like, she would get bored, so she'd go walk around, or she would stay holed up in her room. She would, he was trying to get her to leave the room, and she's like, no, I don't want to go. And he's like, you have to. She's like, I don't want to, because then I need to, I don't want to have to use my phone. He's like, you don't have to. He's, she's like, I'm going to have to read all that, all the fucked up messages. He's like, there's not yeah. that many. It's not that bad. So at this point, she knew there was stuff going on that he was using her phone and texting with people, that people were concerned about her and reaching out, like mom, dad, daughter, not daughter, sorry, sister. Um, 
that he was probably communicating with people, the investors, whoever else. And she knew well, they were was, looking for her. He was definitely um, communicating with her mother. because well, mother and father. But the mother, because he, she was wiring money. Yeah, $400,000. And she said that he would like hold out the phone for her to talk to them almost like, you know, a child like or a kidnapper, like, oh, just tell them you're okay. So then they would quit asking. And eventually they took it at face value. Because they were, yeah. they were concerned about her. They were trying to get her help or question her. But eventually she would just keep telling them like, no, I'm okay. Everything's good. Leave me alone. So they're like, was she actually sound of mind? Maybe she was involved in this and just doesn't want to be a part of our family and this is it. Mm-hmm. So while in Vegas, they would go out for dinner on occasion. It wasn't uh, living a separate life between the two of them. They did go out and have dinner on occasion. They did go and do a couple things together, but on the whole, he gambled and she stayed in her room. Or... And they had separate rooms for the most part or suites where they could stay separately. Because she right? didn't want to actually be near his physical body. She was repulsed by him. In other words, there was no sex. There was no nothing. She she said she couldn't even stand the smell of him. Right. And like at that point, that's got to be a huge sign that there's something wrong. Like at this point, she knew oh. she was still there and with them. But in her brain, I think she knew like deep down she was there's that it was anyways. Well, she did say too, though, she was not tied down. She was there, and there was right. a couple like, times where she could have got away. In fact, he left her in the car. He didn't have his phone or his wallet, and she could have just flipped into the driver's seat and driven away and left him there. Well, this was but after she didn't. This was after they left Vegas. He needed her to get money, so they went back to New York for a day. So there's a bunch of stuff that happened in between that, but yes. That that's a hundred percent true. She's like, oh, I was never locked in. It wasn't that sort of way. She's like, it was almost like I. It, he was a vampire. He was like, physically sucking my physical energy away from me, and I just it was gross. It was repulsive as the one she used. Well, he needed to be around her to. You know, that was what she was there for. Was uh, yeah. her energy, in, emotional energy, or something like that. And then she did, did allude to the one time she didn't go into, they did not go into depth on this. And I'm sure there was probably more discussed. And she was very, like, this is the part where, like, victim-wise, um, he made her, well, she brought, he told her to bring wine home. This was New York. Bring the wine home. And he's like, it was part of that whole thing of, you just need to do what I say. This is something we have to do and go through. And blindfolded her and made her do very questionable things. Crawling you know? around, doing weird stuff. But okay, that well, part there. Sexual, I think. She didn't say it, but it definitely was. Because she's like, it was very uncomfortable things, like on my knees. She's like, I was crying. And then he, he apologized and said, I will never, never have to do this again. Yeah. But it was something we had to do. And she alluded to that after she said she had no like she was physically repulsed by him and that he was a vampire like emotional vampire 
she's like, this all started happening in New York, but she's like, we didn't stay in the same room. So, and then that's where she also kind of flipped back to like, oh, well, he made it seem like the simple things were really thoughtful. Um, Sarma's sister and dad both were like, basically he was going after the sister and the dad trying to get and get money or get anything and saying like, you need to help me with her, this and that, and give me the money. Aren't you concerned? And he's like, okay, there's some, the dad was like, this is something psychologically wrong. Like it was like he forbade her. And then until he threatened the police, then things kind of stopped. And then the, the sister was like, we were in denial, but I think we just mourned the loss of her. Like she didn't want to be around us. And then yeah. 10 months passed. They needed 60K. So they went from Las Vegas to New York again. One day. One day. And that's when she was going to leave the car. And she said, as I was ready to run away, like just do something. I wrote this down specifically. So I'm glad you brought it up. She's like, I thought about it and we're married. It was her company. It was her money. It was her name. Legally, what is he guilty of? So, and then he showed back up in the car. Then they flashed to October 13, 2015 of the news article of them, you know, that they're on the run or whatever. Because at this point, no charges had been made. Like, they were on the run. People were reporting about them. People were clearly looking for them. But I don't think the charges had been made up until around that point when the when it was out. And then they ended up in Tennessee. After they went to New York for the day to get money, they ended up back in Tennessee near Dollywood in a place called Pigeon Ford, which they flashed to an interview with Sarma about, like, how surreal this place was. Or, no, sorry, not Sarma. The reporter saying, like, Sarma didn't, wouldn't have thought any differently because why not? Her world was so surreal as it was. Why not be in this place? And he thought at this point, Anthony just didn't know where else to go. So they were in a hotel there at the end of the town for 40 nights before shit went south. This is where she made a friend at Chipotle. Um, The guy's name was Dustin. And the interview with him was interesting because she changed her name to Emma Donovan. His interview confirmed that he also changed his name. Time He wanted license plates because he's decorating a wall in his garage. Like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so you were going on. uh, Oh, yeah. Goodness, sorry, guys. We're having some technical shenanigans tonight. So I was saying that um, she was talking with this Dustin guy. And in his interview, he referred to him as Chris, not Anthony or Shane. And the reporters, like, honed in on that. Or the interviewers of this. Anyways, it was quite interesting because the reporter then, so they talked with this Dustin guy. And he's like, well, I thought she was interesting and that she needs to get away from Chris, this bad dude but not to message her. Then the reporter... That sounds so sneaky, did it not? Right? Yeah. So just another name for him. Like, at this point, she could have given it up. She could have just... She made a friend. She could have been like, I'm fucked. I need help. Well, the thing is, she gave him that name. She was giving him this new identity and such. Um, 
and you know I'm, even like to the police she, when they finally got her she gave her wrong name Emma Donovan but so she was sitting there with this Dustin guy where she would go and they would drink a six pack and chill you know and visit and hang out and everything else and then she'd be like oh oh man I gotta get going and everything else and then you know she'd go back but um so that was her only uh time she talked with someone well, in and made a fr- and actually made a friend, right? Since they were on yeah. the run, and at yeah. this point, this is when the reporter comes in and says, "This is the top, the moment in time where they, where the warrants were out for their arrest, and the investors finally started reporting to the police that, like, hey, we've been after her for our money for a while. Something's up. She's on the run. Like it's in the news, and then the warrants were actually there. At this point." The dad was like, oh, shit. He literally said that. I wrote it down. Oh, shit. And Nazim, Anthony called Nazim and said, hey, bud, it's over. And Nazim was like, hey, you know, he's like, good luck to you. You know, the warrant is out. Now, it makes me wonder. So we're going to go jump ahead. My suspicion is in the interview, they said, yeah, they, they got a random call from New York saying they think they're here. Do you think it was Nazim? Of course. Like, did they link that on purpose? Oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't say it, but... No, didn't need to. No. Or do they just want us to think that because of the order of how they did it? I don't know. Um, I'm not impressed with the way Chris Smith, the director, did the show. It, I feel like we're, we're confused well, and jumping they... around also. Yeah, like, they got into the whole police part. So the police and Pigeon Horde, they did some interviews. What I found interesting was they found a way to easily get them down. Because they were like, well, let's use the roots of the credit card. And the hotel was like, these people are here? Yeah, they're here. I didn't know who they were. So the hotel played along with the police. No issue. And it worked in their favor that the card they had actually had rejected the last two days. So they used that, like, hey, you need to come down. Like, the card's rejected. Can you come clear it up? So Anthony did go down, and they got him, arrested him. And he then went they quietly. Went the room. Yeah, and he went. They went up to the room. They were near the end of the hall. So she thought it was weird because the dog was barking. She's like, there should be no one in the hall. So she popped her head out. They recognized her. They're like, get her. And she told them she was Emma Donovan. They noticed the Band-Aids. They took the Band-Aid off. And she started crying. And she, she replied, and, and it was interesting. And this is where I do believe, like, there was obviously trauma and something in it. The police recognized and said to her, like, hey, it's over now. And she, well, they she looked made at her comment. room, and it was pure clean. And, and his he was, was like, they were complete opposites. But when they got down the stairs... And he was in one police car and they were taking to another one. They said, do you want to go and give your husband a hug? And she looked at him and was like, do I have to? Yeah. And they did say she did not look like the same Sarma. They had seen the, all the pictures. No. She was very skinny. She was just not looking great. Well, they were questioning her in the police. They had footage from the police camp. 
Yeah. And they were asking oh. her questions and she was even sketchy in the that interview. Like yeah. she would say, like, oh, I needed to something about why she gave her name. Oh no, I just used that name. Like it was very weird. But the one cop said, like, I looked at her and said, it's over now. And then she talked about that too. It's like almost like he knew, like he looked at her as a victim and treated her as a victim. Not as a criminal, but as a victim. Mm-hmm. Which I found kind of interesting because it's like did she know what she was doing or not? People have different yeah, right, opinions. Did. But there was she absolutely did. some parts of this where you got to wonder how much she was just brainwashed too, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like Anthony did tell his lawyer that Sarma was equally in charge of all the scheme, of this whole scheme, that she was aware she was in charge of everything and she was running her business like it was fine and she wasn't you know and um you know anthony was his bail was at 350 and he had no one to bail him out Somers was at 300 and she was bailed out immediately then she was put back like then she had to go to rikers and she was going for four months but she got three and a half months but she was in Uh, jail before he even went to court she was done all of her jail time she had her trial and did her jail time before he even went to court, I believe. You know, she didn't do too bad. Like, four and a half months for $6,140,000. Oh, and yeah. $400,000 was her mom that they screwed her over. Yeah. So, you know, a couple more notes that I have from the ending of it all was the reporter talked about the Patty Hearst case. Yeah. Um, there was one one of the one of the several of the staff members were were interviewed um so 400k took from the mom sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna go point notes on a few things the dog the city friend that the what's his name from new york dustin yeah oh um no the other guy dustin took the dog but anthony from new york the street guy was gonna go get this dog but the dad ended up doing it so he's like i turned around but they did cut to him on how he was gonna help with this um the investors uh no that's not it ex-wife wrote a letter on her behalf on sarah's behalf because she's like i wanted to help her i wanted to relate that i know what it's like to be took by him and be loved and love him and I wanted to Stockholm syndrome Stockholm syndrome is that Patty Hearst yeah yeah and then the one a couple of the staff members are like they showed all of their text messaging like oh she's finally caught this and that so a lot of them are like we miss the sarma we know we're sad for our friend and we don't want her to be hurt but some of them were like she's too smart for this she had to have known to some degree what she was doing and there's a few that were like, no, I absolutely believe she knew. And some were like, it's too bad this happened. It was interesting. And then the reporter compared her to the Patty Hearsts. So Patty Hearst, in a nutshell, was kidnapped at a young age by, um, I didn't write down who. Anyways, she was involved in a bank uh, armed robbery, gun robbery. I think she killed somebody. And basically the defense was she was kidnapped in a cult and brainwashed. So he kind of used that analogy. is like, okay, well, if you're brainwashed, does that mean you're guilty of something? Like if you're brainwashed into something, does that mean you're guilty? 
And he left it at that. So again, Sarma talked about, I can, she's like, I've read stories about people and cults and I understood it. She's like, some don't understand it. She's like, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't kill anyone. But she's like, I can understand how somebody in a cult might get to that point. Um, then the reporters, like the interviewers in the thing, uh, documentary, were asking all of the people, dad, sister, Naz, the reporter, do you think they mar she married Anthony for money? Dad was like, yeah, I believe so. She never wanted children. She had a different take on what marriage meant. Her restaurant was, you know, in a certain sort of way, she would do anything for the restaurant. Sister outright admitted that, no, she was not in it for love. She always talked about this being an arrangement. Naz said, no, no love had. All about the money. So the reporter took a twist on it and said, maybe it was her con and she got too deep and didn't know how to get out of it. Like, cause she thought maybe if I marry this man and he pays all of my debts, I just conned him, but she got suckered first. And then exactly. there's all of the collateral damage in it. And she that... called it collateral damage. Yep. Yep. I went on Reddit. There is a really good bad vegan group uh, uh, on Reddit. And this one person wrote something and I'm just going to give you snippets of it because I'm 100% with this. Uh, just finished watching this series. Uh, uh, my thoughts are Sarma is full of shit. This beautiful woman who is extremely selective in who she dates. She went to Wharton School Business, which is the best business school in the country. She knew how to run a business. There is no chance she fell in love with Anthony or that she was clueless to what was happening to her business. She married him to use him. She wanted him to absorb her debt. And then he used her back and absorbed her income. And together they used other people. Sama's realization that all the, all the fraud was in her name, not his, happened much earlier than Sama claims, which is why Sama began to document all of his crazy stories and paint herself as a brainwashed woman. If she genuinely believed what she was saying, why else would she have recorded him or wrote about it in a diary? If she believed it, she would have kept it a secret because that's what the family wanted. It was very calculated. Look at how flat she is during the entire interview. Her, her story fell, really falls apart when she goes to Miami to meet Jeff to defraud him on her own and then claims she didn't realize they were on the run. You can see her demeanor completely change when the producer asked her questions about those two events. Like, I was like, Oh, I don't know who you are, but you just nailed it. Nailed there, it. There's, yeah, it kind of sums up what we've talked about. Like, I, I don't know, like, I'm still, so here's the other thing. 22 months after they talked to each other. Oh, chummy, chummy another call she's like he's like oh blah 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 and she's like Ugh, like disgusted and then she's like you know you're gonna have to drop your meat suit and jump on a unicorn to fucking do this he's like oh yeah yeah i know and he's laughing she's like i'm not kidding are you gonna shape shift in front of me like what was the point of that call if you that got was... hoodwinked if you were sucked in would you phone that man again uh no you know no 
And then did you see the, uh, the homeless guy, Anthony, say he belonged in the river? Oh, uh, I'm like, he seemed like the only one that actually was like, come on. Well, and then yeah. even, I don't know, was it the reporter? This like, he got his time and whatever he did and gets out. But nothing, nowhere in there does he say that he's a threat to society, threat to continue continue on with his scams. Yeah. And that leads me to, because we're talking about scammers, like, let's stay with this. Did you watch the tind- Tinder Swindler? I want to do that next. Yes, I was going to say that's next. I've okay. watched. There was one other thing that I saw on Reddit, and it pulls in Anna Del Rey. Like, it, it was just, it, it's I like I'm a how, yeah, Delvey, yes. Into I, this? I want to, yes. This is from, this is uh, on Reddit. Uh, this is Girl Friday wrote this. Well, this is Anna, the same timeline in New York. Anna would have uh, been yeah, in that fucking yeah. restaurant. You know she yeah. would Yeah. Anna Delvey was conning people to create something out of nothing. Basically trying to con her way to the top. But I don't understand the perceived end game for Sarma. If she was in on this, she was heading a popular New York City restaurant, had a great reputation, had the loyalty of her staff and customers and had every door open to her. Why would she sacrifice all that to scam investors out of a bit more money? She would have made that money easily in so many legit ways. I don't understand the why behind it if she was in fact in on it. Because she did have debt. She did have debt and she lonely thinking okay you know I have debt this guy is willing you know wants to uh you know make my dog live internal like you know forever and everything so yeah it's a little it's a oxymoron from the comment that you read before where they like it's like she's smart she knows what she's doing but was she maybe she was like you know she went to business school she did all these things but was she so desperate because she likes money. Like, let's be yeah. real. Everything was always money-based in these conversations, in her journal, in everything. Or she was proud that she could give her investor a 100K check or that she was making these millions. It was always about money. So was she just so desperate that she didn't want to have to owe anybody anything that she, uh, she did get sucked in? Like, did she know better, but she didn't? I don't know. I still don't know. I, I don't, I don't like it. I, no. I, I like your, I like both of those comments though. Like, yep. what was her end game? Cause she was making, she was making money hand over fist. And that but restaurant would have had years, years. She, she still had, she still had $2 million in debt. But she was making 7 million. Eventually that debt would have gone away. Like her debt ratio to profit ratio. Oh goodness. Yeah. Like, her her books were good. But do you not think that she was depressed and everything? She would spend all her time at the restaurant and then she'd go home and she'd be just moping around in her re- in, in her apartment oh, taking 100%. pictures of her and her dog and stuff. Like, is that depression? Is that um, more than depression? Is that something else that, you know, Is that getting been... sucked into somebody that did take you for a ride and believe yeah. in it? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I believe, like, was I said, she lonely? Was she sad about the breakup with her and, 
you know, the first guy, like there's so many things. Is she narcissist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I did yeah, not that, like that one Reddit reads your first Reddit. Do you have that open still? Cause like yep. reread that one about her going to whatever school like that. Um, sorry um this is a beautiful woman who was extremely selective in who she dated her entire life she went to Wharton school of business which is the best business school in the country she knew exactly how she should run a business there is zero chance she fell in love with anthony or that she was clueless to what was happening to her business she married anthony to use him she wanted him to absorb her debt and then he would use her and then he used her back and absorbed her income. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And no so, one really know. Like, because a part of me is, is she a victim? But a part of me is, what went so wrong? How did she not get out of it? But I don't want to victim blame. Like, um, is she, or is it, a, is it both? Like, is she a victim in certain parts of this, but some of it is? I believe that she Self-preservation? Is... Yeah. You know, she talked about money so much, and all the people that are around her that love her all said the same thing about her and her personality. And then you watch her, she is cold as ice. And the her facial expressions when she's asked something that she is displeased of, you could see like, oh. She's she not like that. she gets fired up on some of her answers. Yeah. You know, the only time that she seemed human was when she was saying that she was leaving Rikers and she was talking to the um, what do you call it? Um, one of the guards about becoming a vegan. It was like, excuse me. Like, that's when she seemed like someone you could talk to, but I wouldn't want to talk to her because I'm not a vegan. I don't ever want to be vegan. And well, they asked her at the end of the interview, like the end of the documentary. Like, do you accept what's happened? And she felt very bad, like, what happened to her mom that she blamed herself. But she's like, no, I don't really accept what's happened. Uh, no one's ever going to give me money again. I'll never build that business back. Um, but I've had to make some sort of peace with it. I don't accept it, but I've made peace with it or something. Or have you made peace with it? And she's like, no, I haven't. Hmm. Yeah. So, again, this isn't that long ago. Because didn't it all kind of wrap up in 2016, 2017? Yes. So it's still sort of fresh. Is this yeah. her way of trying to re-enter into the business world? So, back into society as a restaurant tour? 
possibly or to clear her name like is there what's the like again go back to that other reddit thing what's well, her name what's her end yeah, game but if she had said yes to chris smith doing this documentary on her bad vegan she should have done a better job at this her personality sucked she had no personality. And, you know, I've, I've read enough other people talking about this and they're all like, yeah, but you see, I'm like that because I was raised not to show emotion and everything. I'm like, nah, no, I'm not buying it. Do you think she it. got a bad edit? I think so. But like, do you think that she thought this was going to go different for her and portray her differently than what it really has? Because I feel like this, this, this documentary at one side is like showing... I just feel like they were very weird with how they presented this. Would you not, if you are putting yourself out there and you're talking about your document, your situation that's happened, would you be coldly talking about it the way she has? No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, you know, you you would show a lot of emotion. Like, I honestly, you know, I put myself in a bad position. I was a lonely woman. Um, I was working a lot of hours, and you know she this never is what used happened. The word victim. No. A victim would a victim use the word or not use the word? Um, because that's tricky too, right? Some people will say that I a victim don't know. will never refer to themselves as a victim. No, and that's the thing. She will accept people to treat her as a victim, of course. And she was okay with that. She was very vague about certain things that she didn't want to take accountability for, like when she was firing people. Oh my goodness, that one guy, he he did not deserve that. No. No. None of them did, actually. No. No. They were were making her millions. Because didn't they say, we, we talked about it in one of the episodes, the restaurant was making like seven million. So they were covering all of their operating costs and she was making profit. Yep. To the point where her bank account was at 700,000. Her bank account yep. profit was 700,000 and she gave her investor 100k. The rest mm-hmm. went bye-bye. Yep. Into Anthony's pocket. So and again that, that was did. her business profit. So really some of that money was hers. Like, that was hers to be had. Yeah. It was profit. What do you do with profit? As long as the business is taken care of, profit can be used in many ways. When the money is not being taken care of, the money coming in, if the company's not being taken care of, that's embezzlement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what do many companies do when they have profit? How do people get rich? You give yourself a raise. Yeah. But I don't think $700,000 of a raise. No, not not when you still owe investors. When you still owe, she still owed investors. So she was making profit. That money should have been going back out into her business. Well, she should have been paying her people because they're the, you know, they're the ones that are, you know, sweating over. Well, she was up until when all that money got siphoned out of money. Yeah. Yeah. 
So are we done with her now? Oh, I really hope so. <laughs> I feel like we're done. I I don't, don't want to talk to, about her ever again. Well, okay, I will, but you, you know. You know you will. That's the thing. Oh, I will. This is the weird thing about this one is like, it was so icky, but you can't, I just, I don't. I think maybe that's what fascinates people because can you figure it out? I can't figure it out. Well, every well, that last part where they were talking on the phone, I literally was going, ew, gross. Oh, why, why are they talking like that? They're talking like, you know, almost like, hey, no, no. Ugh. Together you are a bad mixture. Together you have screwed people over. I wonder how, like there was a family like three family members working in that restaurant. Can you imagine if all three family members weren't able to get their pay? What would that do to them? Well, absolutely. And what about like, was that phone call edited too? Cause it was like really weird. Yeah. I don't know. They were definitely picky and choosy on what they submitted. I, you know what? I, everything about this show, I, I wish someone else would take this show and redo it or just do a version of theirs because the way this was done, I did not like it at all. So if Sarma was willing to be interviewed again and everyone else do it because. Yeah. I'd be yeah. curious to see a different version of this story. Yeah. Yeah. Point. And even just the reporter, I'd be curious to see his, his, um, but he was, some people seem very biased to her, like on her side. The reporter, mm -hmm. he was bad. I don't know. Was he? <sighs> I don't know. I know that the investor at, in some of the interviews was like, I was very impressed by her. But at the end, he's like, I ain't her. I'm not testifying for her. Yep. He would not be associated with it again. But we're. And the reporter seemed like, was he partial or not, right? I don't know. I have no idea. Me either. So that's anyway. all I have. Yeah. And we, we, uh, we did this one. I mean, let's go eat some steak. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Has nothing to do with veganism at all. No. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna. The bad my taste in my tomorrow. mouth has nothing to do with veganism. I like the the concepts. I'm not vegan, but I can appreciate and I understand and I like the concepts. I will, you know. Um, oh, I've eaten I've eaten a many vegan meals. I oh, do yeah. enjoy my vegan meals, but um, you know, uh, I I am definitely not hardcore by any means. No, and so. when I say I'm going to go eat a steak, it's like I said, the bad taste in my mouth is not from veganism. It's from this this terrible documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do have a couple of missing people. One, they're both old um, cold cases. Megan Gallagher was last seen in Saskatchewan, uh, September 19, 2020. She is 30 years old. She's 5'10", 180 pounds, brown hair, brown eyes. If you, uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, I should say. Um, if you have any information, please call 
and I guess she was last seen in the Diefenbaker Drive in a convenience store. And yeah, that's, I that's all live, I have. I used to live near Diefenbaker Drive. Yeah, 3700 block of Diefenbaker Drive. Um, this threw me off. I found this on TikTok of all places. And because I don't even know how I came out on it, but it said uh, missing people. 86,000 people went missing last year alone across Canada, just Canada. Yeah, that is insane. Um, so this one is a, a very much uh, a cold case. It's uh, 18 years ago, July 5th, Tamara, Tamara Keatness, she would be 22 years old now. Tam Tamara was missing on July 5th, 2004 from her home in Regina, Saskatchewan without a lack of trying. Hundreds of individuals could not find this sweet soul. Someone out there knows what happened to dear Tamara. Please come forward. You do not need to leave your name. Please just call 1-800-513-3463 or your local police force tip line. Um, oh, and she's the sweetest sweetest child a $25,000 uh, reward is being offered and that is now there is a young girl missing um, as of this week so this girl is um, Lila Smith was reported missing by her family after she did not take the school bus home She's 13 years old, and she, she took the, the school bus to school at 8.30 at her stop in the area of 131st Avenue and 91st Street. She did not attend classes all day. Police describe her as 5'10", approximately 1.8 meters, tall with a slim build and weighing approximately about 100 pounds. She was last seen wearing a hoodie with blue body and white sleeves, ripped blue jeans, black Converse shoes, and a backpack. Robin Hansen, a close family friend for more than 20 years, told CTV News Edmonton that Smith's disappearance is out of character and family Family members are worried about her well-being. Lila is pretty introverted kid. She is quite shy, and so she tends to hang around at home with her family and friends. Uh, friends and family have started canvassing the neighborhood across the city to share information about her disappearance. Not hearing anything from her is incredibly devastating. Our hearts are just breaking, waiting for news. So if you know anything, please call 780-423-45. Six seven or Crime Stoppers one eight hundred two 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 eight four seven seven. And she's in Regina. This girl is in Edmonton. Oh, in Edmonton. Sorry. And um, when did she go missing? The twenty sixth. Like recently. Yeah. Tuesday. That was today. Friday. When was Friday? Friday? Well, today's the 26th. Oh, sorry. That, no. That's yesterday. The 26th is yesterday. So it was uh, June 24th. I apologize. That was the 24th. Friday. Yeah, Friday the 24th. Oh, recent. Very recent. Yeah. 
So that is all I have. And yeah, sorry I sounded so confused majority of the time because this show made me confused. Yeah, well, and then our technical difficulties with it too. I think the the show just was not happy. <laughs> Two spam calls on one kid asking for our license plate. Yeah. But it's so weird that every time it just kicked you out. Yeah, that was strange. Because it's never done that before. No. Anyways. Anyways. So, swin, Tinder, Tinder Swindler up next. Yep. You'll enjoy that one. <laughs> You're going to be I mad. Watched it. Great. Payback. Excellent. <laughs> just kidding. Great. Just great. I watched All right. Okay. <laughs> have a good night. Have a good night. Bye. Bye, everyone.